に上がる関係に<笑> Shall we begin? The answer is coming. I can do this all day. Tear down this wall. This episode is the story between the two avowed enemies and insidious friends. Two colossus of not just the US, but world's history. One was immigrant, turned revolutionary hero. Young man who believed in freedom, captain of Battle of Princeton and the Battle of White Plains. He was the boy who took the shot, orphan who did it all, founder of the New York Evening Post, Federalist Party, and first secretary of the Treasury. Terrible and scandalous controversial. Yet, with all his genius, he stood for something, Alexander Hamilton. And the other was the archaeologist, inventor, and diplomat. He gave us his personal views on poverty. He believed in self-reliance. He believed in healthcare. And he believed that all men are created equal. He was buried on 4th of July in 1826. President Thomas Jefferson author of the Declaration of Independence of the Statute of Virginia for Religious Freedom and father of the University of Virginia. They just hated one another from almost, it seems, the moment they met, said Dennis Rasmussen, and that gave the birth to the first political parties in the US. We shall discuss how their war of thoughts is influencing political life to this day. We shall investigate what is the legacy of their views on economics, We will venture to the soul of their philosophies. We will demystify their concepts of power. We shall try to answer who was the bigger patriot. Luca, how are you doing and are you ready for this challenging debate? I'm ready for this challenging debate. Let's go. Well, let's deliver it then. You know, I'm third year at the Faculty of Economics and still we haven't even mentioned Alexander Hamilton in one single phrase. And I think that is not a good practice. Let's put politics aside. We are talking about one of the most prominent figures in the world of economics and finance of his time and probably of all time. And I, fi- uh, and I kind of felt uh, revolted because many of my colleagues who are A-class students uh, don't even know that he existed let alone his accomplishments. I think Hamilton deserved his spot on our lectures, uh, so I decided to uh, give him his shot here at Ecosos Unscripted Podcast. Uh, well, listen, I agree with you on the Hamilton part, and I think uh, as economic students, we, we need to uh, learn about him a little bit more. But listen, today's debate is not uh, just about Mr. Hamilton, mm-hmm. but about Mr. Jefferson as well. And uh, listen, I don't know what, what's the faculty, is it politics or economics that we need to learn about Mr. Jefferson, but uh, he's a prominent figure. I mean, uh, you know, you, you create one of the, you're one of the creators of that, uh, that um, of independence, like, and um, the constitution of the United States. And yeah. uh, how, how important are you for the creation of uh, the country that is today, like maybe maybe the greatest country in the world and uh, how all that affected affects us to this day it's truly remarkable and i think jefferson is a controversial figure like yeah. hamilton yeah. but i think uh, listen his uh, influence and his work cannot be denied yeah you know we are young at uh, independence and in democracy as well as a nation we uh, <laughs> we have 15 years yeah. uh, and i think we cannot talk uh, we uh, could not imagine 
uh, revolutions or uh, at the democratic way without Jefferson's views. So democratic uh, in Jefferson, uh, the talk about uh, democratic with, uh, without Jefferson is impossible. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, as far as the, it's, it's the different views. We're talking Hamilton, we're talking Jefferson and views on democratic ways and uh, constitution of them. You know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but um, I think the Jefferson was a core Democrat that, yeah. um, you know, he, he was really in favor of the small government and uh, the, the, the lesser government influence, which, which I always appreciated. Yeah. When Hamilton pronounced the world government, he meant something radically different from Jefferson's idea of government. As Jefferson recalled it, Adams said at one of their meetings at the lunch, purge that constitution of its corruption and give to its popular branch equality of representation, and it would be the most perfect constitution ever devised by the wit of man. And uh, Adams was talking about the British constitution. And at this point, Hamilton paused for the moment and said, purge it. Uh, of its corruption and give to its popular branch a quality of representation and it would become an impractable government as it stands at present with all its supposed effects it is the most perfect government which ever existed you know this sounds dramatic it even uh, sounds radical monarchic but at the time Hamilton was telling the truth you know I think that democracy is a frail system but it is the system we need and the system we can maintain as the human race. And in these statements, many see his imperialistic views. But in, in my opinion, uh, here we can notice that Hamilton is aware of the downsides of the British system, but he is aware of the benefits. He leaves the, uh, the possibility, not that American government needs to be like a British, but that needs to be changed, modified, not for his selfish reasons, but because he thinks it would provide the best way to maintain freedom, fought for the generations, a generation after his one. So, uh, also, uh, he said uh, that British is the most perfect government which ever existed to this moment, which I can believe uh, when you take it out from the context, uh, you can say that he wanted to make something better. Uh, well, listen, one thing that... Um... From that statement, you have to imagine about time. Like America at that time is a young country. Yeah. Like you set the constitution, you are setting the economic system. Nothing is uh, like it's the work in the progress. And yeah. uh, I kind of can relate to that statement uh, and talks about the, the Brit because you have to understand at that point, like Great Britain is the is the most powerful, yeah. most developed uh, country in the known world, and. On top of that, you know, you're talking about the Constitution and everything. Like, how hard was it to 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 fight for the Constitution of the USA itself to ratify it? And uh, after all that, now you got a problem of, uh, you know, uh, how everybody, how how is everyone accepting that Constitution, and uh, is it getting used to for the normal people? And I think when you look at from that standpoint, I can understand uh, appreciation from the British constitution, even though it's not perfect uh, itself. But listen, uh, I think uh, Ham Hamilton wanted to take the best from the British constitution and yeah. their way of doing things uh, and just yeah. implement it in America. And listen, some of the people find it like, like you said, that uh, it had monarchical 
ideas uh, ideas of despotism and uh, well it's it's a real shame because i think that wasn't his intent yeah i i share your opinion it's um, it's cynical to accuse hamilton in my opinion uh, uh to be a monarchist he fought in revolution he fought against the british he know uh, uh he fought for liberty and yeah. he wanted to maintain it and he was aware or let let me say he has the balls to say that government needed more power yeah uh, well listen th- th- that's you know we are starting with that conflict of uh, jefferson and hamilton and how they saw things like you said that government needed more power which at that time it was a correct statement i think mm-hmm. it was a right way of thinking through things you know because the states were loose still a little bit loose uh, you know you created a union but how are you going to work things out in that union and the, the, that's why the the government one government that uh, you know kind of brought that uh, union together needed to be power power needed to be powerful and you know guide them and you know that's where jefferson kind of says well wait a minute you know and uh, uh, he was always arguing for the state power and the, the smaller government and you know the lesser influence which you kind of see uh, even today through the republican party uh, which is a very interesting thing yeah yeah i think that uh, jefferson views on the topics were highly influenced by his time in france uh, he was the minister in france for one and a half yeah. year so talks about revolutions uh, against the monarchy started there and jefferson was influenced by it and he brought um, uh, France opinion uh, to the administrations of George Washington. Yeah, yeah, but listen, uh, uh, the Jefferson is very, it's very cu- interesting to look uh, at that period. And uh, Thomas, he was in uh, France, and you know the conflict with France. You know, France starts uh, starts revolution yes. and uh, conflict with Great Britain. Yeah, and the Jefferson and uh, later uh, like Madison and everybody there. They're supporting France, yeah. even though you know that the uh, French Revolution is it's not the, the the glorified, you know, freedom fight like they teach us in the, yeah. the history books. And it's a bloodshed. It's a yeah. bloodshed in some ways. And uh, the, the, the hypocrisy of it is that um, the, the Frenchmen who helped uh, the, the United States in the war uh, yes. uh, for the freedom, uh, they were from, uh, they were aristocracy, some of them, yeah. uh, like Lafayette, which was the friend of uh, Hamilton, yes. which is very, it's very interesting. And you have uh, the Jefferson that totally denounces the, 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 the aristocracy, which I can yeah. understand because uh, he's a red-blooded American who, who is all for freedom, uh, like uh, screw the screw, screw the aristocracy, fuck despotism and all that. Well, uh, in my opinion, both uh, were afraid uh, of uh, one another as a polar opposites. Uh, Hamilton was afraid uh, that chaos uh, would uh, come again to the states. He was uh, uh, afraid that misuse of the constitution would bring the anarchy and Jefferson was afraid that misuse of the constitution will bring on the tyranny. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very good statement on that, a very good understanding of that. Uh, but what I found very interesting is, like, um, the way they conducted uh, as far as the institutions went, because uh, Hamilton was in favor of uh, institutional power, like yeah. like the court, like, you know, and to be under the branch of government and to be strong, uh, uh, that it can uh, do its own thing uh, with 
Jefferson is a little bit different because he was like uh, when the whiskey tax was uh, passed by Hamilton, you know, which was to support the government and the expenses and ultimately help the people with finances. Uh, when people rose up against it oh, and went uh, with uh, with the weapons to, to you know to rebel, he was like supporting it because I think deep down he he didn't want any kind of control and pursue on people of what they didn't want and he was like we need to keep this revolutionary spirit in us all the time yeah but we when he came to the position of president from moment to moment um that narrative he had that uh, uh wasn't uh constant in his run uh, no, he, no. he uh, also misused constitution when he needed to when he felt uh the country needed to so Let's settle the matters uh, that uh, this wasn't set. Uh, uh, this wasn't held by Hamilton's habit of speaking frankly, maybe too frankly, on his political views. Nor with Jefferson's indirect work behind the scenes. Let's be honest. And you know, just like the Constitution, their animosity became self-evident in the cabinet, and uh, it was Hamilton's and Jefferson's deep political differences, uh, differences that truly draw their uh, acrimony. But they draw the states uh, yeah well one thing i found very interesting is uh, this is just my view for whatever bad blood that was between hamilton and, and uh, jefferson i think the ultimately they used those accusations against one another just for the political reasons yeah. i think um, this is just a little bit of head cannon like uh, to say i don't think jefferson ever ever believed actually that uh, Hamilton wanted to yeah. to bring despotism in the United States I don't think Hamilton truly believed that Thomas Jefferson wanted to bring disunion to, to the United States of America it was used for the political game I mean politics is a nasty game and that's what you do yeah yeah I agree yeah and you know for what falls those who stands for nothing and how did the debate between Jefferson and Hamilton shape the political system of the United States? Both men were the personifications of their ideologies, and we can clearly distinct them as a left-wing and a right-wing in modern terms. So, and for the early age of uh, their republic, they needed both wings so they could fly. Both are founding fathers, both are the heroes of the revolution, and both cemented their name in the history books. In the, long, in the long run, Hamilton created our modern capitalist system in the room where it happens, and Jefferson was the ideologist behind the most advanced constitution of his time, in my opinion. And that is self-evident. <laughs> they were, uh, uh, and uh, there were events that forced the U.S. to write its first bankruptcy laws uh, and the New York brokers to agree to a ban on private biddings and thus the beginning of the New York Stock Exchange and we can see uh, the implications of that uh, even on this day. Jefferson will always be celebrated for his universal principles of the self-government but now his legacy is uh, highly questions, uh, questioned concerning the uh, slavery. Other elements of Jefferson's legacy left out of Hamilton and most grade school history classes is uh, Jefferson's role in undoing the Alien and Sediction Acts, laws passed by Hamilton's Federalist Party that eventually won Hamilton and President John Adams' approval. Uh, listen, uh, first to address the, the, the slavery issue, which is a highly controversial issue, but 
listen, uh, the history treat, uh, treats us like it treats us, you know, and um, uh, like Hamilton was abolitionist and, you know, maybe history favors him a little bit because of mm-hmm. that. Maybe Jefferson's, you know, the historians will condemn him because of it. But uh, listen, um, we, we can't say, right, like how someone is born, what you see, you, you can say that, Obviously, slavery is wrong thing, but yeah. uh, can you say like uh, if you grow up like Jefferson did, like uh, in the way he did, and uh, uh, the slaves he owned, and you know, kind of the whole family history of his, can you truly sit here and say, "Oh, I condemn it"? I mean, I condemn it in a certain way, but uh, I can understand why it happened. And as far as the uh, alien and sedition acts, it's it's very it's very for me, it's a very dark mark on the Federalists because it's uh, it destroyed, not destroyed completely, but it affected the press freedom in major way. And I always uh, look at that part of the American history like, damn, that's that's you know pretty dark part uh, part of it. And uh, the Jefferson, the the later administration, what it did is eased up on it and. I kind of respect that part because I think uh, the press freedom is necessary and a very important part of all democratic societies. Yes, but also when he uh, uh, did that, he also uh, founded a new newspaper and he gave them salary. So, Uh, yeah, listen, uh, when, uh, for example, like in that time, how somebody used the newspaper, it was very important, you know, for their political acts and similar and we know that hamilton uh, uh founded the new york post evening which is uh, today is still running i think it's the oldest running uh, newspaper in the united states yes. uh, but listen jefferson as well he, he used the newspapers right i mean to, 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 to deprive hamilton to deprive federalists and uh, to always accuse them of various things it was it was a nasty political game Yes, and Hamilton used it for the same. So yeah, yeah. they were both flawed men. And Jefferson, uh, undeniably being a flawed man, uh, uh, his hypocrisy as the writer of sweeping rhetoric that is still cherished and quoted around the world is in the, in the contradiction to the black lives he owned. Yeah, uh, listen, there's no denying it. You, you can't defend it like saying that all men are created equal and then, you know, <laughs> you act like not all men are created equal. Uh, but listen, that, that's the interesting part of history and we can discuss it for, for days, you know, and uh, I get it. It's hypocritical. It's hypocritical on his part very, very much. And uh, it's definitely a dark mark on his uh, work as a president and just his whole work as, as a human being and founder of the United States. Yeah, and let me uh, quote Hamilton on this. The Constitution shall never be constructed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. And it's a running talk every day, the Second Amendment. Well, listen, the Second Amendment is, in my view, one of the most important parts of the Constitution of the United States because the right to bear arms is so important and you know there's a jefferson's quote i uh, i don't know if i'm quoting it quote unquote perfect uh, in the perfect way but it's, it. yeah it says um the, uh, the second amendment uh, is there uh, if the government doesn't respect the first and um, i think that americans themselves today i mean i can't judge them I'm, I'm a european but you know from what i see they 
they don't appreciate that Second Amendment like they should. I mean, the right to bear arms. In our country, if you want to get arms, you, you need to get 73 licenses and various, you know, different things. And you you can have, like, have arms to, to defend yourself. And in the case government, I mean, in some way, like Jefferson said it, government chooses to, 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 to not obey the First Amendment. Well, the Second Amendment is in place. Yeah, it's important for the people to understand that the Second Amendment doesn't give you the right to kill. It just gives you the right to protect yourself, to wear, uh, to have your own arms. So, yeah, listen, uh, the, the Second Amendment, like, uh, again, uh, not just the government, like, uh, as a business owner to have it, to, to bear arms, to, to, to have it legally. I mean, you, you're not going to decrease gun violence by uh, banning guns, you know, as, as ridiculous as it may sound. Like, you know, the gun violence in our country, and, uh, you know, we're not, we were not given the right to bear arms legally, but listen, if someone wants to go to shoot somebody, he can get it. He can get it, the peace in the in the neighborhood. Like it's it's ridiculous. And uh, with the view on the Second Amendment, I'm I'm a huge fan of it, so to speak. <laughs> like, um, and uh, I support it very very much. And I think uh, the view on it should never change. It's necessary. It's good, and it should stay forever. And while those men fought their battles exchanging opinions uh, in the beginning, uh, which were healthy in the cabinet of George Washington, but later they uh, be, uh, became um, uh, intolerable and unhealthy. I think their um, duels helped build better nation, no matter what uh, one thought about the other. Uh... I completely agree with that. And listen, in the days of the early republic, so to speak, uh, that feud between them, it built the republic like it was supposed to build it. And listen, uh, America faces some dark times after that. Like yeah. Hamilton predicted, you have the civil war and maybe it's not all glorified like we like to glorify it. But uh, listen, the, their bickering and the way they conducted themselves, it's its the primal part and uh, the, the crucial part of the history of the United States. So uh, they're, they're very important men. And you know, uh, I would like to mention that at the end of their lives, of all the founding fathers, Adams, Jefferson, Washington, Hamilton, they all believed that experiment failed, that their republic won't uh, last for long. But it endured, brothers. <laughs> it endured. Yeah, yeah, which which is very very interesting. Uh, but uh, one thing uh, that amazes me is, listen, they have they all had like doubts, which is logical. Like you know, it's not like everyday politician that says, "Oh, everything's gonna be great," and you know, yeah. we're gonna live for thousands of years. And uh, listen, they were realistic. Uh, they knew the problems the government had, and they were willing to confront them this way or the other. Uh, the thing I would uh, like to mention is the in their relationship is the compromise of uh, 1790 uh, between the it was between uh, between the Hamilton and uh, basically Jefferson, but it was it was the beginning of Federalists and uh, Republicans like distinction between them uh, and how important uh, that uh, pact was because uh, the Jefferson and his side on the South was blocking the the national debt system that uh, Hamilton provided. And uh, the Federalists, they blocked, or in this case, the North of America blocked uh, the 
uh, transfer of uh, the capital from New York uh, to the uh, Virginia, Maryland um, uh, side, which is, I think, the way they compromised there. It showed, I mean, they compromised that, but uh, in the end, <laughs> that uh, compromise led to a distinction between two parties. It was like the beginning of that. And it's a very interesting uh, part of the history again, uh, which I think uh, they call it one of the, one of the, most important compromises in the U.S. history at all. But uh, uh, I think uh, we can see there that Jefferson and Hamilton could understand each other. But uh, as the the time went on, you know, uh, they couldn't get the deals done and uh, just the ideologies clashed and uh, here we are. Well, when you mentioned uh, national debt, uh, Alexander Hamilton considered that a national debt if it is not excessive, will be to us a national blessing. So, Hamilton's economic plan for the nation included establishing a national bank like that in England to maintain the public credit, uh, uh, consolidating the state's uh, debts under the federal government and enacting protective tariffs and government subsidies to encourage American manufacturers. Although there is evident protectionism and economic system is based on the mercantilistic views, uh, it is visible that sole purpose of government involvement in um, these affairs is to make sure uh, to part ways with the traditional trade theories. Maybe Hamilton was not aware that he was forming to this day most perfect type of economic integration through, uh, through adjusted monetary and fiscal policies under the federal government that he paved the way for USA to be the biggest economy in the world and leader in the global trade system. I think uh, that part is very interesting about the national debt and how he, he pushed for it in spite of many people not understanding it uh, in that day and how it was vital for rebuilding and um, not rebuilding, but building American's credit system. And um, in that sentence, uh, the deal they made, which we previously mentioned with the Republicans was, was very important. And when you think about it, uh, like again, people didn't know about national debt. They weren't educated enough. I mean, he was speaking to people that basically didn't have the, the right education in the finance and the economics uh, to speak on that subject. And how he pushed through with the national debt and the national bank as well is truly marvelous uh, work of Hamilton and one of the most important of his life, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, in, my, uh, in my opinion, uh, this move by him uh, showed how philanthropic and how visionary Hamilton actually was uh, uh, two centuries after his death. And that controversial, uh, controversial at the time economic plan and uh, economic policy uh, showed superior. And his views became the building ground of the modern capitalistic system with all its flaws. We as a humankind, and I, repeating my sole opinion, cannot develop and maintain better economic system. In theory, there are some, but uh, in uh, in practice, they are not. Uh, well, I agree with you, and um, especially in the at the end of the 18th century, uh-huh. which is you know kind of again you're building an economic system from the scratch with, with you know a right economic education and financial education, and um, with the use of national debt. Uh, every move he made as the Secretary of Treasury, however, at the time for Americans was abstract and uh, the revolutionary. 
it worked. It worked. And that's why he's well, perhaps to this day one of the greatest secretaries of treasury in the state's history. And only after you did understand it, and the Jefferson himself, he didn't want to touch that that system of finances he the Hamilton built even after he became the president. And that was another compromise between them. I mean, it's very interesting because uh, Hamilton supported him. I mean, not supported, him, but told Federalists to, to lean on the Jefferson side in the, uh, at the beginning of his first term uh, because uh, he promised that that system won't be touched. And I think it's a very, very important. And you can see why that system is crucial to the United States of America. Let's say that without development of uh, the banking system like this, uh, there wouldn't be uh, Friedman theories, Milton's theories. Heck, there wouldn't even be, maybe be a starting ground uh, for the ideas of uh, Marshall's plan. And Europe uh, wouldn't look like this today. Uh, yeah, as the as the byproduct of that, uh, you build, the, like you said before, the, the capitalist economy was... Basically, at the time, at the time yeah, it was starting to, to, to bloom. And the way you, Europeans later were inspired by that, by that capitalist economy, you can see the influence uh, that that had on the, 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 the whole world, not, not just the United States of America. And you can see that from Hamilton. That, that was his effect and you can see from Jefferson the, the, the democratic ways and all men are created equal and constitution and the declaration of independence you can see today how it affected our democracy and uh, other democracies and there you can see the, the, the effect they had on the planet as a whole Yeah, and let's say that Jefferson's fears at that time uh, for uh, uh, economic plans of Hamilton's were justified it's the new thing. Uh, he's the Francophile, let's say, and uh, he uh, he wanted uh, to maintain the agriculture, the uh, the industry they already had, they were strong with. But now it uh, it has proven that uh, with um, um, Hamilton's, um, uh, let's say, uh, starting the new industry, uh, and uh, uh, well, uh, how should I put it? Uh, uh, Hamilton tried to make the USA uh, uh, make products they were importing from yeah, the Great Britain. Society, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, the the Jefferson had view of agrarian society. Yes. Uh, considering his Southern heritage, it's logical. But uh, Hamilton had that view of uh, industry and uh, uh, the the United States is a manufacturing uh, power. Uh, of the world and uh, Jefferson was a little bit old uh, old timer there because he was like agrarian society like uh, the farmers like which which is important but uh, this is what brought the United States to its power yes and let's say that uh, this fear from Jefferson um, uh, this conflict about his economy uh, made Hamilton make this system uh, better than he even thought I agree. I agree. And uh, the way he couldn't touch that system after becoming a president, I think that's the evidence enough of the work that Hamilton has done. Yeah, and I think that um, uh, Hamilton uh, actually proved uh, Jefferson wrong in uh, Jefferson claims that uh, that is the spreading of English influence uh, with uh, producing industrial uh, industrialistic goods. Uh, actually, USA 
uh, moved away from Great Britain. Uh, I agree. I agree in that. And it took uh, the, the United States eventually overthrew Britain in that yeah. part and uh, kind of ran before it. And, you know, Britain was catching up to them. And uh, it's in the end proved very useful for the US. And let's say that even after this debate, the question still stands Was the system bill corrupted or did we corrupt the system? Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm educated enough to, 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 to answer that question, but uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, the system they built, you know, it's not perfect. It's not, it's not glorious as it may seem, but it's important and uh, I'm grateful for it. Yes, and just like Hamilton says, uh, I consider civil liberty in a genuine, unaltered sense as the greatest of terrestrial blessing. I am convinced that the whole human race is entitled to it. Uh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more uh, with the, the Mr. Hamilton. And uh, uh, there's nothing, uh, nothing more important than freedom to, to the citizens of the world. And let's wrap it up with the uh, biggest question of the day. Who was the bigger patriot, Hamilton or Jefferson? Uh, well, listen, all men are created equal. <laughs> uh, you love that quote today. Yeah, you? yeah, I, I love that quote. But uh, listen, uh, uh, as far as both Jefferson and Hamilton go, who was the bigger patriot? Who was the bigger American? Who was the better American? <laughs> who was the better leader and all that question? Who was better in bed? Yeah, yeah. Both flawed men, both both not glorified men of their era like we like to do that. But but it's okay, it's great. We know they they were humans, and who was better? I I don't know. Like oh, this, who was bigger? Who was bigger? But you know this is this is not measuring their dick sizes, and you know mm-hmm. they're like this is a competition. But yeah, Jefferson. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the guy named. Thomas, perhaps, but no. Listen, I, I respect both of them. I, I cherish their accomplishments, and I appreciate the work they both done. Both Hamilton and uh, Thomas Jefferson, and the floor is yours. <laughs> well, uh, uh, just to even the odds, I would uh, also say there wasn't bigger patriot. I mean, uh, Hamilton and uh, is the bigger patriot, and I think that Hamilton is better patriot. And I t- <laughs> just kidding. They they were both great. They and uh, important thing is that uh, both of them were patriots, and it's important for all of us to be patriots of our respective countries. And I, I love the fact that they are considered a flawed man, that they are humans, and uh, their essence is still in the foundations of the United States and you can feel it walking through Wyoming, New York, Nevada, wherever you are, they are fathers of the nation. All men are created equal, but not all podcasts are created equal. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our discussion today about Jefferson and Hamilton and the clash of their ideologies, their influences on the United States and the world as a whole. Uh, We have to order our usual Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.